Hey, folks, happy Friday. We're even early today. Don't get used to this. No. I'm Jill. And I'm there's, I'm Deb. Somewhere, Deb. There. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Opposite. Yeah. Opposite. So and there welcome you go. to the grief chat with humor and grace. Yeah. How's your week been, my friend? Uh, good. Very good, actually. Uh, I always like it when I get stuff done. And on Monday, I was able to finish three paintings. And one of the paintings is going to be called Unfinished since I've stared at this for almost a year after I did the initial stuff. And I'm like, how do I finish? So I did some stuff. And you know, sometimes unfinished is finished. Yes, it and, is. And, you know, that sort of pertains to grief, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Like, you, you think you're finished, but you're really unfinished. And that's okay to just stop where you are. And believe me, all our listening audience and Jill will agree, if there's something that needs to be addressed, it will come up. And just then you have a, an ability to deal with it. That's right. That's right. Because you've dealt with so much before, you will be able to go through this uh, with humor and grace and a smile on your face some of the time. <laughs> and to find some joy even in the hard moments. In the hard moments. It's right? a moment. That's right. It's all about the moments. It doesn't have to be the rest of your life. No, 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 no. So how are you doing with ah, the war-ish and the... You know, the, the in war in Israel is a little terrifying for me because my nephew is an Israeli citizen and lives there. That's right. So, and he has a lot of friends there, and so does my other nephew. So, um, sending all the good thoughts out for Isaac and and yeah. for his girlfriend Shira, who's in Jerusalem, and he's not; he's in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. But normally, it's like a pocket of places, and this time, it's just the shells seem to be everywhere. And what, as I was listening to a broadcast yesterday, what's really hard is, do they trust either side, their neighbors anymore? No. And there's a lot of, I did not realize how uh, Palestinians living there, what that felt, I mean, felt like to be treated differently than Israeli citizens, it sort of had, and it stirred in me, because mm -hmm. right about this time, last year was uh, George Floyd, and, you know, a whole bunch of civil unrest here that yep. needed to be dealt with, and it was, once again, trust the universe, don't worry. A crisis will happen, and then you have the opportunity to make some changes. At, make some changes, and that's what I think is happening over there. And while our broadcast isn't to talk about this or that, but more how how does when you, you're feeling peace along the way, and all of a sudden something else disrupts that reminds you of something else? I've got and, lots of friends who have family members in Israel, and Right. You know, they are, they're terrified too. And That's right. the friends here are feeling very powerless. And 
the folks, the Palestinians are also, you know, there's negative on both sides, but there's a whole lot of innocent people caught in between. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's just been so much and, and politics in Israel anyway are comp way complicated. So I couldn't presume to speak to them. I think the <clears throat> what's similar in grief, at least the way I observe it, is you're feeling sort of stable and then boom. Or even if it's a minor earthquake, emotional earthquake, it just it just sort of rocks you. Yeah. Um, and even things going on right now in this country, you know, what's it doesn't matter whether you're Republican or Democrat. What it what it reminds me is it, we're still on some shaky ground. Well, we always have been. I don't think we recognize just how much we were. Right. And I think those of us in a position of privilege need to own that. And I want to also talk about some of uh, the grief energy going out there now. And you probably remember this too, Jill. Remember when your child, your last child, maybe even your first child, middle child, I don't care, third child went away to graduated. And that whole level of how you knew life yep. is now going, bye-bye. <laughs> so your kid, who's a young adult, 17, 18, is now sort of flying the coop. And you've got a bunch of, I'm going to talk only from a mom perspective because I'm not a dad, but a, like, oh my God, what I had, what I thought I had control over before, I don't. And I'm sad. I, I want to hold them. Not that I did anyway, but they're like, fly in the coop and there's a bunch of mom feelings as they're preparing the party as they're preparing this doesn't matter and then the kids are like let me go let me go <laughs> i'm an adult no you're not oh my gosh and you can't explain to your kids how how you're feeling a sense of loss and grief you We're can't explain the small to them. people we're grieving the sense of we've got family at home, a sense of what normal is, right. a sense of security, and that at least we know when they're good, they're in at night or not in at night, right? And now, even I'm, not, yeah. It's I'm one of those bad moms that when they fly the coop, I'm like, yes, go, I'm right here for you, but oh, I need a little space. You know, I'll tell you. My daughter graduated, my stepdaughter graduated the same year, different high schools. We had a big party here. Jump ahead. We're driving her down to Carbondale. I also, as a clown, had to get dressed for my gig at my friend's house in Carbondale and drive five hours to get to where I needed to go. I dropped her off at college kept it all together, all together. I'm trying to put on a smile on my face, literally. And all of a sudden my eyes are squirting. I know. And I'm like, where's this coming from? I have a stage presence I need to do and makeup. 
So we also have a lot of parents who are grieving the fact that they're watching other kids getting to do graduation this year. And many kids didn't last year at all different ages from the kinders to the masters and the PhDs. And so there's a sense of, oh, I'm so glad for them, but I wish my child had had that. And right? that's the alive ones. That's right. the dead ones. Right. So Right. And even here we're having graduations, but only the students are invited. The, the family has to stay home and watch it um, as it's broadcast. So, yeah, there's a whole lot of way more complicated feelings about graduation and commencements this year than probably even last year. Yeah. Last, last year, year was, was a tough one. You, you may do, what did you do? You, uh, there were drive-by graduations or there was this or that. Um, our particular state, Illinois is opening up right now. So people are getting no longer just four tickets and being seated far away. You can have eight tickets and if you've been vaccinated, you know, you don't have to wear a mask. You know, I'm going to tell you here and all over. People say they're vaccinated and not wear a mask. They didn't wear a mask before right? without getting vaccinated. Before the vaccine, they weren't wearing a mask. So, no. I'm wearing my mask. (laughs) (laughs) It's not coming off, folks. Call me what you want. Right. I, I said that to a friend today. Uh, I will have indoor dining. I mean, I do go indoor dining, but I wear my mask. I look that I'm seated farther away from people. And this is a time for figuring out what you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. It is not, yes, your state may be open, but if you're not comfortable, Do what makes you feel comfortable. And for those that have not been vaccinated, but still say, I'm not wearing a mask. And that's the end of that. I don't even know what to say to people that aren't telling the truth to themselves and others. Or who aren't getting vaccinated and aren't telling us. That's what I'm, my grief is about in terms of, I, you know, I can't trust someone who tells me they're vaccinated because I don't know that they really are and I can't trust that they have kept themselves safe. And we still have some people coming up positive even after two vaccines. So my mask is staying on. My circle is staying small. Right. It's right. just not going to be me out there at a baseball stadium with that mask. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Brittany says mm-hmm. she's sharing that same grief and concern. Brittany, Nicole. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a tough, place to be and then it can make others assume that you're saying something about them when all you're doing is saying I'm I'm protecting mine and myself and I just want to assure our listeners that you might feel alone in those decisions you are not alone and I think that's what's really important is while you wouldn't think we talk about masking as a grief, it's that separation you might mm-hmm. feel. It's that loneliness that you may feel, may not, but you may feel. And we're addressing that because people do feel that way. And, and masks really do separate us. Even, even oxygen masks. When my first wife was dying, 
she got to the point where she had to use a full face mask because she needed right. seven liters of O2. And you can't, if you wow. do that through a nasal cannula, you're going to like fly Lose away it. through your nose and it's going to be bad. Probably brain will come out the side. You know, it's bad. <laughs> so she, she had to wear the mask, but she hated it because it takes over and you can't do the same thing. You can't do kisses. You can't do hugs. You can't see a full spectrum around yourself. Same like we have. People right. can't uh, speak as well, and they know it. I know when my mother-in-law was dying, and it was my birthday. We had to cancel all the birthday stuff. Uh, it was my 50th. So party, right? focus on her, yes. So she was trying to explain to somebody that um, had a bit of a dementia on one of our relatives, but they wanted to say goodbye. So she removed her mask. It's Debbie's birthday today. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, put your mask on. I'll tell her. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but it is that kind of separation. So it's almost like if you're choosing to not do the mainstream, that in itself is a grief. Whatever your state, your community, whatever I think it's important and and I'm hope, you know, this is why you and I started the broadcast almost a year ago. We don't want people to feel alone in their I'll call them micro griefs. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody in died, the, but you're in the unappreciated feeling. unspoken grief. That's right. That's right. So yeah. it's just important to know you're not alone. And mm -hmm. if you can do that for somebody else and let them know they're not alone. That's what's important. If, I if there's, go ahead. I do that a lot with disability things. I was on a radio show with Father John Reed last yes. night again, who's phenomenal. I hope you guys all catch him on KCAA.com, um, but he's um, coping with dementia coming on board. And so he has some days that are better than others. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm talking about it because he talks about it openly, otherwise I wouldn't. Um, but, uh, and he's also got asthma. So we have our, we were both hoarse last night because the air quality caused both of us to have asthma attacks all day long. And um, he won't use his cane. He knows better, but he won't. And I picked mine up and it's, I have sparkly canes. Because folks, if you got to use a cane or an adaptive device, make it match, make it blingy. I have probably seven of them. I put lights on them at Christmas because I'm not ashamed of using it. I'm glad that I'm not going to go plop and make everybody worried. And besides that, it's right. really handy to social distancing because you can put that puppy out sideways and keep <laughs> people back, which I had to do just last night on my way home. Um, but when we talk about, you know, his disabilities and the changes he's making, and I walked out last night thinking I am about to turn the same age as my second wife was when she died. And I'm coming up then the next year on the same age my first wife was when she died. Brittany's got st stickers on the back of her scooter. Yay. Um, you know, you, you've, I'm going to be grateful for the fact that the only mask I'm wearing is a paper one or a unicorn one or whatever. And I'm going to be grateful I've got the cane and I'm not falling. Uh -huh. And uh -huh. it's not to put guilt on anyone else. It's just to put it in a perspective that I'm still here. Right. And I right. survived COVID and I'm still here. So 
with the grief of the changes that it's made in my life, you know, that can go over here. That can go sideways because right now I'm still here. That's what counts. You know, I I'm so glad you made me feel, you don't know this, but just by you saying and realizing you're at that age that, and then fill in the blank, I'll conf confess on uh, national, international TV here that, you know, my dad died when he was 39 and a half, and my mother died when she was 65 and a half. And I'll tell you, I turned 65 this year. Now, logically, I know I'm emotionally healthier than both my parents, physically healthier than most my, than both my parents, and uh, spiritually healthier than both my parents. But that little nagging voice says, are you going to make it to 66? Right. You know, just, I just have to tell you, I, it's like, it's almost like a pre-grief. Right. So I'm looking at things ahead of time. And one of our speakers, if I can share, for uh, Unity Church and Spiritual Center, her mom just died of uh, frontal temporal dementia. Frontal temporal dementia. Yuck. Temporal. Yes. Oh, that's horrible. And the body gave out, and she was in her 70s someplace. And our speaker got tested and she has that gene. Oh, she doesn't so have sorry. she doesn't have any of the symptoms right now. Yes. But she knows she has that gene that gene. So uh, you know, there's a pre-grief when you know anticipatory you grief 101. Yeah, exactly. And you know, that's really important to share and let others support you, but also recognize in yourself and take a breath when you start going, I'm nuts for thinking I'm gonna be 65. Will I get past 65 and a half? You know, or whatever, whatever it is. And to do oh. something with your life when you can. There's my dog with the collapsing trachea, yeah. as a matter of fact, right now. Yes, yes, yes. It it is a, it's an awesome it's it, it's an awe inspiring and a little terrifying when you are someone and lots of us are this many of our viewing audiences too you know you're aware of when other people have died prematurely uh -huh. and you come up on that bump uh -huh. right uh -huh. exactly now I know and logically in my family genealogy thank you I've got people who lived to eighty nine in the fifteen hundreds. After surviving wow. war, right? Like Moses old. It, they and they a lot of them did that, right? They were mm -hmm. we had some tough little folks in there, and or not so little actually. They they were warriors apparently, but still, you know, mm -hmm. I've been the one who sat bedside when fifty seven and fifty eight didn't become fifty eight and fifty nine, mm -hmm. and so I will I will take my age this year and be happy with it. Mm -hmm. And glad for 57 and be even gladder for 59 when I get there. I'm I'm also want, I'm wanting to speed up so we can get to that point and I can say I got there. Right? Mm -hmm. But I, I think with that, we just take the lesson that we do everything we can to make the most of everything. 
You know, when you're faced with, um, I have a, a friend who writes a lot on Facebook, stage four pancreatic cancer, living right past blah, blah. When you're faced with your mortality like this, it, it can adjust you in different ways. One, maybe you don't have time for being nice all the time. If someone's <laughs> jerking your chain and you're like, whether it's somebody from, uh, you know, on the telephone, as far as like a salesperson, you know, you might, you might run out of nice minutes because you don't have time to be nice. You need to get to the point. And if you're being a jerk, you're being a jerk. Take other action. Or perhaps, and perhaps, maybe you're stopping to smell the roses a little bit more. Maybe you're savoring your food a little bit more. When you're faced with mortality. It changes it, you. It, it does. It changes And in some me. ways, it's helpful. Mm-hmm. That's right. It makes you more alive makes mm -hmm. you feel more alive. No, let me rephrase that. Because I know a lot of cancer survivors that I would assume they would be kind, become kinder, kinder, gentler people to others. And they become be bitter and angry. People. They're bitter and angry. and I'm Because like, they haven't grieved the changes in their life. And they haven't moved to the point of saying, I'm glad that I'm still here instead of angry that I got sick. Right. Right? So, Kathy Westgate Keaton says she wouldn't oh, want yeah. to know about an illness if nothing could be done. And and I appreciate that. I know I have, yes. we have one dear family friend where mom died of um, all the wrong negatives and positives in her cancer. And the girls got tested and one had all the same combination and had a radical mastectomy and um, hysterectomy uh -huh. just to protect it. And then turned it into a, um, a routine on stage where she takes off her shirt and shows the, the surgical scars and she uses it as a way of educating and normalizing. Exactly. Uh, there was another comedian that had a mastectomy and she turned it into, I mean, it became her superpower, right? Her, as I just came from and you did to the humor conference, What's your humor superpower? And so what she did is she took red noses, like she must have stuffed them in there ahead of time, and she pulled them out and put them on her nose, you know, that that's what yes. she did to have uh, uh, fake boobs. The other part was, uh, what was, she talked about having to pick the tattoo ink color that she wanted for her uh, nipples and her areola, right? And I am saying that on the air, it's a body part. Right. And she she compared them to uh, Sears when you figure out the different colors of paint. Do I want chocolate latte or do I want mocha? And what something? shape? And what shape? Oh, my gosh. So you can do that. Others would say, that's not funny. We don't joke about those things. Uh, 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 those uh. people don't survive as long. Or we know they survive that. and they're bitter, you know? And what can I do? I, Bitterness I, takes years off of our lives and quality out of our lives. That's right. 
It really That's does. Right. My late wife, Linda, when she beat cancer and she had, she had bad cancer. She had 14 positive uh -huh. notes and then she had, have, she had three mastectomies, which she could joke about. Um, and she finally at the end of all of it put, made a giant um, pink ribbon tattoo with flowers on it. And she didn't have any more reconstruction. And she didn't want the tattooed nipple. She wanted something no. that says, I and it said survivor over it. I had another friend, complete mastectomy. She just tattooed the whole thing with an angel. Yeah. You know, and people, some people would judge that. Um, to Kathy, I know Kathy, and she's part of the humor group too. And, you know, it's also perfectly understandable. Absolutely. If you cannot, if there's nothing you can do, do I really need to know? Like Huntington's families. Yes. Yes. Not a blessed thing you can do about it. So live life and wait to see. Yeah. Right? Wait, wait and see. And, you know, that's, that is good. That's right. a, and acceptable. So there's not one way. There's lots of ways. The people, I will tell you, the people who are bitter rather than uh, emotionally better. I'm sorry you had cancer. I'm not going to hang out with you. It's not good for me. For me, it's not good for me. I want to hang out with you. You want to come and see how to become from bitter to better? I will talk. Right? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. there's the doodle bug. I apologize. Oh, poor Doug's guy. Doug just broke up and his trachea is collapsing. He's not hurting anyone. He's just trying to open up his trachea a little bit. Yeah. And it's 35 pounds of Doug trying to open it up. That's a lot of dog. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's like a cat <laughs> he's looking at me in the mirror right now right he's he like, won't come over so i can massage him no 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 yeah kathy we adopt um poor handicapped old oodles and he's just a love bug yeah he's still a little bit snippy because he lived a bad life i'm mm -hmm. certain of it he acts but yeah he's he's doing better come on baby boy yeah, right. And speaking of pets, I want to give this like little micro loss, as I call it. Our one cat, uh, Oscar, we used to have two. We had Charlie, Charlie died in February, and Oscar. And when people would come over to the house, Oscar was the one who'd be like, hmm, do you think you can pet me? Oh, let me check you out. What are you guys doing? And he'd hang around. Because there hasn't been people at our house. Last night he scratched a grandkid and he swatted and hissed at a couple of them. He's not used to people. And this was my easygoinger cat, right? That didn't hide right away. So, you know, our friendly cat, as the kids knew him, was not too friendly last night. And, He's grieving uh, the loss of his privacy. Exactly. Exactly. So for those of you who have seen personality changes as you have people over to your house in your pets, it's a very real thing. It absolutely is. It mm -hmm. absolutely is. Carrie, can you rub his throat? Sorry, my daughter just arrived to save me from the doodle bugs and she's taking them all out. So, <laughs> so we are we want to make sure everybody knows that we've got guests coming on future broadcasts. Um, we have uh, Yvonne Heath joining us. 
Um, and she will be, she's someone who's done a TED talk and her, her motto is just show up. She's a hospice nurse. She does um, talks a lot of times with hospices and, and it's just show up and be there for someone. If someone is having a bad time, you don't have to have all the words. Uh -huh. You just got to be there. And uh -huh. um, I like her approach. I love her style. Um, I think everyone will really like her. And then we have Deb Price coming. Yeah. And she's going to talk about her book and about um, how to get ready um, for all the things coming. Brittany says, I left my cat for one night when I got home. She was super clingy. I haven't left in over a year. She uh -huh. wasn't used to be being gone. Yeah. Just wait for it. Uh -huh. I have my uh -huh. first conference away from home coming up in July. And I'm even when I'm gone for two hours, my dog, my one most clingy dog loses her stuff. It's it's going to be a long week for everyone else. <laughs> I'm going to feel sort of bad, but not terrible bad. But yeah, we're it, it's going to be an adjustment for everybody, right? right. Um, and then we also have the folks from um, the Heart of Hospice coming, uh, a hospice chaplain and a hospice nurse who are both now independent practitioners but um, ha we'll have a lot to say about hospice, which both Deb and I have worked in and adore. So that'll be in sort of a hospice 101. Uh -huh. Ask all the questions about hospice, you know, show up with your concerns. We'll have those. Uh -huh. um, I'm working on Father John, but you know, when you do funerals for a living, Fridays are kind of hot commodities. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. right now. Oh right. But um, so we're going to have some other folks. Um, we're working on a few others in addition to that, because we thought we'd mix it up a little bit and share some of the wisdom that we get to share in away from here with the people we do work with. Uh -huh. and, and we're going to be excited to share some of those folks with all of you. Um, we're also Jill and I, since we started this, we decided to sub submit humor, grace and grief as an idea as a as as a broadcast to uh the international uh grief bereavement. death grief and bereavement conference Thank in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Right. And it'll be on Zoom. However, uh we're gonna sort of set it up like this hmm. and show people and and talk to people about why we set it up, how we set it up, and who partakes. So for everybody, including today, whoever gets on and texts us and we interact with you, thank you. Thank you for uh, responding to Jill's and my way of giving back. And, and for being sharing. here with us. Yeah. Yeah. Just really appreciate all of you. If you want to send us any comments about um, what's helped from this program or what else you'd like to see in a program. We'd love to have that, and we'll be happy to share it with the folks in Wisconsin. I personally miss Lacrosse. If anyone here is from Wisconsin, oh, it's Lacrosse is such a pretty little town, and the river is beautiful. And I love being at the university. And yes, there really is an international death, grief, and bereavement conference, and it's populated by a bunch of grief people who just have a great time connecting with each other with our very warped senses of humor. So I'll be talking about intimacy loss. Um, mm -hmm. with grief and dementia. You will be doing that. Yeah. And then we're doing this. this one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've been waiting two years because so, we had to cancel for COVID. And then I've got Hawaii right. coming up, which is the um, Foundations of Connection Conference for therapists. So, um, and it's focused around grief this year because of all the grief 
And I'll be doing a, a short memorial service there for therapists that all of us have lost in the course of COVID. I wanted to share something. I've gotten my giveaways because, you know, when I go to conferences, I do the giveaway thing, but yeah. I don't do normal giveaways I'm I'm because I'm chill, right? So um, I ordered a bunch of snarky teas. And if you don't know snarky tea, okay, the, there's a little bit of blue language, but there's this one. Oh. And then there's this one. Uh-huh. And this one is really good for me for conferences. Uh-huh. And this one's really good for Fridays. Wow. And this one is for making sure I get packed on time. Oh, my but gosh. They taste really good. They're ethically um, harvested. They're ecological in how they are packaged and what the packaging does afterwards. So I love all that kind of stuff. I don't like that normal tchotchkes. I like useful stuff. Right. Right. So I'm excited. It's like conference season is coming and Hawaii's almost safe because it's an island. I love how you have the yin and the yang. You sort of have the snarky and the calm of the tea. Right? I love it. I love it. I and that's a woman it. owned and operated company. They got themselves on a shark tank. And one of them oh. was very pregnant when she showed up and they've just done a booming business. I'm, I like to support you know, small companies owned by people who've pulled it together all by themselves. Jill, can you type in Snarky Teas and maybe their website for our listening audience? I don't I know love their it. website, but you can find them. Google them. They Google are out there. Snarky Teas. Good. Good. Yeah, they're awesome. And you too can have a yin and yang moment. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> And no, I'm not commercially supported by them. So that was not a commercial. That was just, right. it's fun. And it, if, if we're going to go back to the office, we might as well take some fun stuff with us, right? Right? Exactly. All right. So next week we will be back. We will well, have guesting and we will be all the fun. Perfect. Thanks. Okay. Thanks for uh, being out there, everybody. Thank you, Jill. I'm Thanks, thinking Deb. myself, I showed up. We did. So, it's Friday. We got here. Yay. High five us. <laughs> All right, everybody. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.